0: Well, hey everyone, welcome to Speculative Work. I'm James Aaron. I'm a science fiction writer, and this podcast is an author diary of my work, goals, fumbles, and lessons. So, hopefully, you don't make the same mistakes that I did or that I do. This week, I'm going to be talking about feeling overwhelmed as a creative. This is actually the second take on this podcast because I recorded on my normal day, which was yesterday, Saturday, um, December 15th, 2018, but I was using YouTube Live, and so that I don't psych myself out, I don't look at the video while I'm recording, and that kind of bit me this time, because I discovered after I'd recorded 40 minutes that well, after I thought I had recorded 40 minutes, I'd actually only recorded 8 minutes, and I lost the whole thing. So I guess that was a, you know, first take on on this podcast. So let's hope I can um, keep my energy up and be as engaging as I was during that first one. Um, I always kind of hate it when podcasters will say, you know, we had some technical difficulties, and so there was another version of this podcast that's not going to see the light of day, Um, but that's reality, you know, (laughs) and I would like, I prefer that, you know, that, um, you know, this kind of stuff happens and you just push through it and try again. And it's kind of like, you know, you wrote that first draft of a story that you felt was genius. And the thing is, you're never going to know that it wasn't genius because, you know, word ate it and now it's gone. So you gotta, you gotta start again. Um, and that's what we do, right? You start again. So, before I get into talking about feeling overwhelmed as a creative, uh, let's do some updates and talk about what's going on uh, with my writing. Um, This week, I should have been into my second uh, 10,000 words of my book, Lunar Uprising, that I'm working on right now. Um, I've got the book completely mapped out. I've got everything set up in WriteTrack, which is a really useful website for doing that kind of thing. Um, But... What I've discovered is that I'm behind, and life really kind of got in the way. Um, This last week, I had a really challenging week at work um, with a really big project kind of dropped on me Um, at the last minute. um, I work in university um, for a university police department, and we rolled out a brand new program to uh, check students houses during the holiday break and the first two days we had the service live we had 40 people sign up and then as of now we have about 275 um so it required uh just the whole you know scheduling getting people together getting a system together we actually developed an app um to track the places that we were checking um so just a huge amount of work um and it made, it made this week pretty difficult to get other things done and to kind of have the brain space to focus on writing. Um, not to mention our daughter, you know, seventh-month-old uh, baby, just doesn't want to sleep regularly. So if I don't write in the morning, which has not been happening because she wakes up at six when I get up, um, she's not going to sleep at the time. You know, she was going to sleep at like seven o'clock. Now she's been staying up until 9, and so by the time 10 o'clock rolls around, I'm, I'm pretty beat. So I'm just needing to push through. I, I was supposed to have written 10,000 words this week. I, I only wrote um, about four to 5,000 um, by the time I add it all up. And so overall, I'm, I'm just behind, and I need to catch up about 10,000 words, which I can do. The story is coming together in my mind, but um, it, again, it's been kind of a frustrating week from that perspective. Um, but you know, you push through. So one thing that I have been doing as I haven't been writing as I've been thinking about the story quite a bit, um, I've really been thinking with everything with this book, like I just want it to be as epic and awesome as it can be. It's uh, you know, when don't you do that? But it's the, uh, it's the first book in a five book series. And I just really want it to open with a bang. And, um, that has been, you know, a little harder because I had envisioned this book actually, the story starting in a prison and, you know, getting to the point where you can blow up the prison, like that's the point you want to get to. But I got mired down a little bit in some backstory. And so I think what I'm going to end up doing is, you know, I'm, I'm just writing to get it out right now and then I'll go back and really tighten things up so we can get to the really cool stuff when we're blowing up the prison and, you know, guards fighting inmates and, you know, all that cool stuff. So that's, uh, that's coming up. I mean, that, those are the scenes that I've been looking forward to writing. So um, I'm kind of fighting my way through to get to those scenes, which I anticipate doing um, probably tomorrow and next week or in the next day. Um, other things. So last podcast I talked about uh, looking forward to a dinner with some writer friends of mine. And that's something that we've kind of done. This is the third time, I guess, that we've done that. Um, it's kind of turning into a holiday thing. And um it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed being able to meet up with other writers and this was um it was a group that I used to be in. Um, and when I started writing in AN14, I kind of had to like let the group go because the writing I was doing really didn't fit with the model of you know, bringing, bringing work to the group, having them read it, like getting feedback every two weeks or so. And that pace just wasn't working with the stuff I was doing. Um, And I was putting a lot of work also into reading other people's stuff. um, And I just didn't have the time to do that anymore. So, and the writing I'm doing now is just, it's a different kind of feedback. You know, I'm really focused on feedback from the audience and the readers and so other writers, like, while their feedback is valuable to me, it's not the kind of feedback that's, like, selling the work. So um, so that was a decision I had to make earlier in the year, and it was kind of tough, because I really, I like all those people. They're my friends. I miss hanging out with them and seeing them every week, and so it's kind of weird not to do that anymore. Um, but I may go back to it at some point. We'll see what happens. So dinner was was good. <clears throat> if you have the opportunity to be in a writer's group that, that works for you, I really, I recommend it, because... For me, other writers are kind of my people, you know, once you find writers that are on the same wavelength as you, and depending on where you live, you know, you might have to go check out a couple different groups, um, or you may just need to look online, that might be the best place to to find other writers, but um, I think it is valuable to spend time with writers, people who know what you're going through, who get you. Um, I learn a lot of things from people writing in other genres, um, because they look at a story differently than I do, so um, yeah, it's good all around uh i got a newsletter out this week that was kind of a, a big accomplishment for me um i have gone back and forth on my newsletter for what feels like you know really since i joined an 14 as well because it made my newsletter kind of unnecessary at least as far as selling the books because most of my sales are coming actually through michael cooper's um marketing but one of the things i've been thinking about a lot is how i am adding to his brand you know what am i bringing um with my audience potentially or how am I maintaining an audience while I'm working in this other universe? Um, and then also am I keeping my skills fresh? You know, when it comes, I mean a newsletter really is the, the best tool you have to stay connected with an audience. And I don't want to forget how to do that. I really have been trying forever to get in the habit of doing it. And, um, I was also spending like 30 bucks a month with MailerLite and not sending out emails. And at the beginning of this year, I had actually a subscriber list with about 8,000 people on it. And I cut that down to about 3,000. And then for this last one, actually, I transitioned from MailerLite back to MailChimp and got it underneath 2,000. Um, because then it's free with MailChimp and for the kind of stuff that I do, like I don't have autoresponders. I don't have drip campaign. I really just want to send a mostly plain text email with some pictures in it. Um, and that's, you know, what I'm going to focus on doing. So I got a letter out. I had two new releases to talk about for Vesta burning and then also the fan fiction anthology, um, repercussions that I had a novella in. So I had something to talk about. Um, which made it pretty easy, and I think the next newsletter I'll get out two weeks from now. I'll probably talk about this podcast and promote it a little bit more. Um, but I, it's just something I gotta force myself to do. And I don't know where you know we talk about resistance. I have resistance around writing newsletters. I, it's not that I don't have anything to say, but I just feel like um, I don't know. I saw that feeling like I'm bothering people or something. And I, you know, I had a ton of people that signed up for my work, so obviously they, you know, they wanted. They wanted the emails, um, but then also, you know, it's honing that list down to be better. I'm like right now, even as cold as it, as it is, I got like a 30% open rate, which is pretty good comparatively, um, but I think I can get better. I've been at 50% before with my emails, um, so I'm doing something right with them. I, I just need to keep keep at it, so I'll keep you posted on, on that. Um, I don't have any special you know, I can talk about what I do for newsletters, maybe in another podcast. Um, I try and treat it just as like a letter to a friend and that's worked pretty well for me. Um, but, but yeah, I'll keep you posted on, on how that goes. Um, I spent a lot of time messing around with, uh, actually the, the website for this podcast, um, getting, uh, website for that right i i went with podbean for the hosting i had used podomatic for another podcast and i that company really kind of did some things that irritated me and i don't want to give them money anymore if i don't have to um i've noticed a lot of other um podcasters that i've been following are using podbean and so far it seems good it's cost effective um for the plan i'm at which was about a 100 bucks i get um like unlimited storage, and then supposedly unlimited bandwidth on the downloads. I didn't read the fine print on that, so I don't know if you get throttled at some point, but I don't really expect it to become an issue with what I'm doing, because this is this is pretty niche. You know, if I exceed bandwidth limits, um, that would be impressive, so we'll see. But um, one of the things that Podbean does, which is kind of irritating, is they, um, they limit what you can do with the WordPress template, and what I ended up doing was basically just forwarding the URL for the podcast from um, my server to Podbean. So you can still go to speculative.work, um, the URL, and it will take you to, to Podbean. But I had another website, and the website was fine. It was just a WordPress site. But I was running into a problem where WordPress would not let you import an iframe, which is how you get the um, the podcast player into You know your website, and it's a security thing that they did. And I was trying a couple different workarounds, and I just I realized like I was wasting way too much time on this. And so, kind of my philosophy with web stuff and blogging in general is, it's much more important that you're consistent than that it looks pretty, Um, because ultimately when people um, you know if someone discovers you. They're going to care about the content, not what it looks like, and that's kind of the first thing anybody notices. I think when it comes to a website, is how deep is the content, especially when it's you know niche, like a science fiction author diary. That's pretty niche. It's about as niche as it gets. Um, so I decided just to go with what's going to be easy. I, you know, found finally found a template that I I like for the most part. You know, I could obviously make it look prettier, but it really doesn't matter that much it lists out the the podcast episodes you know all three of them so far and then has has page links um and things like that to take people to like my amazon page my facebook page and um and that kind of thing and also just i added a page with a list of topics and and how to contact me and that and that's kind of it because that's really i want this project to be about the audio about the podcast Um, so that's all that's necessary you know, I'm a little irritated that the Facebook thing, or not the Facebook, but the um, the YouTube thing isn't working. But honestly, I'm not doing anything super exciting with with the video. It's just a way for somebody to see my face and know what I look like. Um, but ultimately, like when I think about how I consume podcasts, I don't watch podcasts on YouTube. You know, I'll, I do watch a lot of videos on YouTube, but it's kind of a different thing. So um, we'll see how that goes. You know, this is I just want to do something that works and get a workflow down because like I've said before, it's just, it's more important to me that I'm consistent with all this stuff than I try and like make things different every time. Cause that just is a form of resistance. It gets in the way of getting it done. So, um, so yeah, that was, I, I think that's pretty much set. I don't need to do anything else with it except create the work. And I, for the podcast, what I'm doing is when I'm when I recorded a YouTube live, I would download the um, download the video, and then use Audacity to. Um, you can actually strip the MP3 out using Audacity, and then I had made a template with some open source music that I picked up that I thought was kind of goofy and fun. And then basically, all I have to do is open the previous week's um, podcast, cut out you know the talking portion of it, paste in the new portion, or import it you know, do a little bit of trimming, adjust um, some of the fade in, fade out, and the music's already there. Boom. Good to go. It takes, you know, 10 minutes at the most. So um, if anyone has questions about that uh, or you're trying, you're curious about getting started with a podcast, um, shoot me an email or a message on Facebook or something. I'm happy to help if I can. It's, it's not difficult. I think that um, to start with, it's just more important to get out there and do it. And then once you have that once you have the being comfortable speaking down and you don't trip over your words a lot and you're just comfortable speaking on a topic for a period of time, um, that's when you can start looking at the more complicated. If, if you want to do more sonically complicated things, you know, like audio engineering and whatnot. And even then, if that's not your forte, there are plenty of, uh, people on Fiverr or other sites that will do the audio stuff for you to clean it up, tighten it up, and, uh, you know get it out the door that that's definitely there are people out there that do that so yeah i think that that's it for updates right now um i feel pretty good about le- last week you know i feel like i did accomplish other things just not you know there were things focused on marketing for me but right now i'm in that early stage of the book but i'm i'm tipping into midpoint where it's it's time to get some words out and um i'll just th- through this next week i'll just need to be pushing forward it's our it's my last week before the holiday and then once the holiday kicks in. Um, we're not really planning on doing anything. We kind of got all of our social stuff out of the way this weekend. So I should hopefully have some time, uh, to get some words out. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. The holidays are not always, um, you know, as good for writing as you might wish they could be. So what I wanted to talk about, uh, this time around is feeling overwhelmed as a creative. And, uh, next week I want to talk about my kind of 2018 in review And then after that, you know, goals for 2019. Um, But as part of looking back at 2018, uh, one of the things I realized was that if I, if someone had just said to me, you were going to write five books next year, um, and you've never written, you know, you've written two books at this point, you have not written five books, you've not finished a series, Uh, you haven't done that while also having a baby, Um, (laughs) that would seem pretty overwhelming. And... I experience this more at work quite often, where I'll be handed a project, and all of a sudden I kind of feel like this. It's like my mind just goes kind of white. I don't really know how to describe it. Um, there's a moment of, oh, how is how am I ever going to get this done? Um, and I, I've been thinking about this this idea. You know, if someone asks you, have you ever felt overwhelmed? And I think where I see this question most is. Uh, At the doctor's office now, they have you, you know, fill out this checklist on a, on a tablet that you have to, you know, this electronic thing. Um, And I look at that question sometimes and I'm like, well, who answers that question honestly? Because (laughs) it's one of those questions. It's like, do you hear voices? Um, You know, sure. Of course I do. Am I going to admit that? No. Um, You know, everybody, everybody hears a certain number of things in their mind. Um, But Feeling overwhelmed is one thing. It's as as time goes on you learn to mitigate that feeling. And and that's something that I've I've learned over time. And that's and that's what I wanted to talk about. Because I think it's very real, that moment when you either put something on yourself, like I want to write a book, I'm gonna write a book, or you say that to someone, um, I'm gonna write a book. And now as soon as you've said that, uh, and it's like the gauntlet's thrown down. Now you got to do it, right? And that's an overwhelming feeling. I as I think about this idea like like being handed a project at work, it's like I've been dropped in a dark room and I can't see anything around me and I need to figure out what's in the room so that I can move forward, right? And so I start breaking the whatever it is I need to do. I start breaking down into pieces and I think about that as shining a flashlight around the room. And I've done a lot of project management in my life. So this kind of thing comes a lot easier to me than it might to other people. But there's kind of a, you know, a way I approach it. So with any project, I start with, um, what is the scope of the project? What is it that I'm going to make? Like we need to define what it is because that's the only way you can start breaking it into pieces, uh, manageable pieces to get things done. So I'm going to write a book. Okay, awesome. Um, What genre is the book going to be in? Um, The type of genre determines a lot of things about the book. So if you're going to write a science fiction novel and you're going to write a hard science fiction novel, um, let's take a look at just even say the top 50 um, on Amazon right now. And let's say you're going to, you know, indie publish that book. So you're going to publish it yourself. So go take a look at Kindle Unlimited because that's going to be different even than what you might see in print, which might be mostly um, traditionally published. So from there, you can quickly get an idea of the size of a given book. Like your average hard science fiction novel, in Kindle unlimited right now, Kindle Unlimited right now is probably going to be between you know two hundred and fifty to uh, three hundred pages. So that's probably about eighty five thousand to one hundred ten thousand words. Um, you, if you take a look at those books, you can see like what kind of characters they have, how many POVs. Um, you know, and a lot of this comes from, like, you should write the kind of book that you enjoy reading, because then these kind of things will be just come naturally to you. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to write a book that's 85,000 words. Um, it's going to have three point, point of view characters. Um, and right there, that's going to start breaking things down. So, like, what shape the book is going to take. But before we do that, let's take a look at how much time we have to get it done. So, if this is the first time you've, you've ever written a book, like, you don't need to say, I'm going to write 50,000 words in a month, what, you know, like the NaNoWriMo thing, which I think can put some unrealistic expectations on people. Let's say you're going to write it in a year. And there's a lot of pressure right now to write books, um, you know, as fast as possible. You hear people talk about rapid release. If you've never written a book before, uh, just finish the book. (laughs) Like, and just the fact that you're writing, um, is, is awesome. So don't, uh, don't put unrealistic expectations on yourself because that's going to lead you to feel overwhelmed. Um, Especially if you're writing part-time because that's the other thing to realize is that if you've never done um, any of these things before, like it's a new skill that you have to learn. So once you kind of have an idea of how big this thing is that you want to make, like let's, and how much time you have, now let's go ahead and break it down over that timeline and say 100,000 words in a year you know, 365 um, days, you're not going to write every day, but that pretty easily breaks down into actually you might be surprised. I think that's um, you know between 300 and 700 words um, a day, and that's not even writing full time. Um, for me, to give you an idea, um, I can pretty easily write 1,000 words in a half an hour. If I'm really inspired and know what I want to write, I could write um, you know, 3,000 words in an hour, and I typically spend you know an hour to two hours a day writing, um, and that's with a full time job. So you can pretty much you can pretty quickly see that something that is really big can be broken down into into little pieces. So you could potentially you have the time to do it. You just got to put it on the on the calendar, and and figure out when you can do it. Um, so here's the next here's the next thing. So we kind of have an idea. We know what shape the book should take. Um, You know, it's really helpful if you know something about like how books are, you know, kind of built, put together, like the table needs a surface and four legs, right? And then you need to, you know, we're not going to get super fancy, but these are the things that make a table. These are the things that make a story, right? So um, character in a situation with a problem, um, try, fail, try, fail, try, fail and then move forward into a changed world. And that could be a short story or or it could be a novel. Um, Your average novel is gonna have at least three parts. I typically write in five parts. Um, So if you're gonna have a five part story and it breaks down over 85,000 words, you can quickly see how much space you need to give each of those parts. Then if you know you're gonna have three POV characters, now we start breaking it down into, like my average chapter is around 2,000 words. I start breaking each of those parts down into, you know, 2,000 word chunks. And very quickly you can see how much, um, how much space you actually have. Like, you know, with this character that I thought this was gonna be overwhelming, I've actually only got like 12 chapters with this character. Um, you know, same thing with the other characters. And so you can kind of break it down by that and see that, you know, where you, whereas you thought something was insurmountable, um, you actually, it, it becomes much more doable. So set a timeline. Um, be realistic about the time that you have. Uh, one thing that we often do is you can just, you know, by the math, using a website like WriteTrack or pacemaker.press, um it looks like, you know, it could look like you've got you know so much time to uh, to write, but be realistic about the timeline. So take a look at um, okay. That Thursday night, um, my son has a concert, and this night or this weekend, we're going camping, and I need to work late this night, and you know, things like that. So, you get a really realistic idea of how much time you have. Um, communicate with your family, with your spouse, um, with anybody important to you about this project that you're gonna work on because you can divide it into little pieces and come up with a plan, but if you don't communicate the plan, then they're not gonna know how they can support you um, when <laughs> when you're actually gonna you know, jump into it. That's something I've learned uh, the hard way when it comes to either a plan at work or a personal plan um, is that you can never communicate enough. Like talk to people, tell them what you're doing um, that way they know like if you if you're working if you if you're off on the computer or something trying to do some writing they're you're working and you kind of need their support to give you that space um, to do the work don't I would say that when you ask for that time you're being given a gift so especially with family, um, you don't want to squander that by, if you get those two hours, um, don't spend them on Facebook, right? <laughs> um, really like break it in little pieces, do that, you know, and, and do the work so that, um, when they're supporting you, they're, they're part of your success. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help in a project. Um, people want to help you. And this is something that I've had to learn the hard way in my life but it all comes down to that communication piece you know sometimes i would take on a big project and um you know i was a typical uh i was a reporter i was working on deadlines i did not break things down into little pieces um so i would just wait until i had the deadline and then think i was somehow going to write everything at night or that day um i wouldn't communicate and then people would wonder why i was in such a bad mood right because i wasn't telling them what i was going through um, Part of having that plan that you're working through is, is talking to the people that matter to you about it and then asking for help when you need it. Like if you need the time, uh, to write so that you can work on that project. Um, and that way they're, like I said, that way they're part of your success. And that's a pretty awesome thing, um, to be able to share with someone. It helps you have something to put in the, uh, dedication for the book. There you go. Um, <laughs> So as you establish, another thing to think about is enforcing your own deadlines. So as you've created this plan, um, you have a deadline, but if that deadline is, you know, a year in the future or even um, 90 days in the future, you have to enforce your internal deadlines um, in order to make it happen. And again, communicating with family helps keep those deadlines. Like the deadline is not 90 days in the future. The deadline is every day to get those words down and you don't need to completely beat yourself up if you don't make, um, you know, your day's goal. But you got to realize that if you don't make those internal deadlines, you're not going to reach your overall goal. And and that's important. Um, it's important that folks understand and help, you know, know how they can help you um, get there. Stick with what works. Um, something I learned. In this last book, Vesta Burning, you know, I was really kind of like casting around, trying to find a way to, to make more time than I had. Um, when it came to the baby, I was just finding I was not having the time to write that I used to. Like I couldn't just get up in the morning at five and power through because I was just too tired. You know, I'd been up till 1 a.m. with the baby and then the baby would get up at five uh, when I tried to get up. So I, I figured I would try dictation. And it was just a complete mess. The dictation uh, didn't work for me. Um, I thought that I was accomplishing work, and it turned out I wasn't. Um, and so I ended up having to rewrite the book um, almost twice in the time that I had, and that was very stressful for me. <laughs> so what I would say is that if you have an imposed deadline and you don't have a lot of time uh, to do experimentation, like if you have a year, okay, maybe you've got you've got some time, um, but that's only if you've already you're comfortable with the process of writing a book. Um, writing is a skill like anything else. Like no one would just expect that, um, you know how to, you know, fix a car without any kind of training. Um, writing is the same, same thing. Um, so stick with what works if you're going to meet that deadline. Don't go changing things up. Um, you know, maybe now isn't the time to try a different computer or try a different office setup or write in a different place. Um, you know, do what worked in the past and just stick with that so you can, you can focus on the creative stuff in your mind, and then you, um, that's one of the things that helps me not be overwhelmed. Um, I limit the number of decisions I have to make. All the decisions are the creative ones in the story. So as you're, as you're working through this, um, I think it's, it's very important to focus on your successes, not on your failures, And I think even failure is a strong word. Like when I talk about updates and how I've done each week, um, I'm not going to say that I failed if I didn't get um, the word counts that I wanted to get in. I had successes in other places. I did write, and that is always a success. Um, Focus on what you have, not what you don't have. And just the fact that you sat down to write, you put words on paper, and even if it was only three hundred words, those are still three hundred words that were not there before. And when you go back and do an editing process, those three hundred words might spur you um, during that process to you know finish out the chapter or scene that you needed. And what's important is that you you sit down to do the work and you got you got something out. Um, <clears throat> that really goes to just don't say bad things about your own work. Like don't put yourself down. Um, I am almost always the hardest person on myself, I'm, I'm harder on myself than anyone. And if someone praises me, I have to remember to just say thank you and not immediately say all the ways something didn't turn out the way that um, I thought it should have. Because the audience decides, right? You Once you write something, once you create it and publish it, uh, you don't get to decide anymore. So you might think something wasn't um, as good as it could have been, but the fact is the audience and the readers could read it and love it and think it's the best thing that you've written. So it really just doesn't do you any good to, to say negative things. <laughs> At least that's what I recommend. So the last piece that helps me feel, not feel overwhelmed is to always be moving on to the next thing. So once I finish a work, it's done, it's out the door, I move on to the next thing. Um, you know, I've, you know writers, or you've met writers that have been working on a book for seven years. Um, that is, for me, that's debilitating. It's it is overwhelming because you reach a point where you feel like you're never going to finish the thing. It's never going to be perfect, and that's the truth. It's never going to be perfect. Um, as soon as you start getting reviews in, you know, this crazy market that we find ourselves in, you could be writing. Uh, you could have written something you know, beautiful. It could make people cry with how beautiful it is. And there will still be someone who hates it and gives you a one star, you know, go look at the great Gatsby and sort by one stars and just read some of those for a while. Everybody brings, you know, different expectations to a work. Um, everyone has different ideas about what is good and not good. Um, there are just trolls out there that want to one star you because you did write something good. Um, so, so don't, you know, once it's out the door, it doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to the readers. So take what you may have learned. If you do get feedback that's useful, think about it, internalize it, and move on to the next thing. You know, eventually you'll you'll start getting excited about the next thing. Like, you won't feel overwhelmed. You'll feel inspired. Um... The only thing that might be overwhelming is when you th- you launch into like another five book series like I'm about to do. And I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a bit overwhelmed because this is going to feel, it's going to be different. I want to write a different book. I want to do better than I did before. Um, you know, I am thinking about reviews that I received and feedback I received. But I also want to stay true to what's important to me when it comes to, you know, pushing forward with what I think is a great um, you know, science fiction novel in 2018 or 2019 when these come out, working within the market that I'm working in. But I'm focused on the future, you know, and and I think that's, that's one way that you don't get bogged down with negative energy. You're focused on, you know, creating because that's what you're doing, getting into the flow, creating, um, and finding those little bits of creating every day is what keeps pushing me forward so I don't feel overwhelmed. Um, now, obviously, I... I am fortunate I don't um, have a lot of issues in my life that cause anxiety or cause me to feel like I am overwhelmed in a way that I absolutely can't uh, deal with it. And I don't want to minimize that for folks if that is something that they are struggling with uh, because that, that's a real thing, you know. And, and sometimes we can put demands on ourselves that are unreasonable. And, uh, you know, remember that writing and creating should be a joy, and do what works for you. Um, if you know you can't produce work as fast as this market seems to want it right now, then control what you can control. That's something we say at work quite a bit when there's chaos happening. Um, control what you can control. So if you're not a person who's going to write, you know, five books in a year, be that person who writes one, Great book in a year, but has a great email list and keeps people engaged that way. Or be that person with a vibrant Facebook group, or reach out and find those friends or that tribe that can help you so you can be part of a team that maybe does those things, uh, or you can be part of those things, and then you can keep doing what you're good at. You know, focus on what you're good at um, and don't waste energy on the things that. Um, just seem to be unreasonably difficult. Like for me, like writing newsletters, Um, you know, I keep chipping away at it. uh, But, but that's something that's hard for me and recognize when something is hard for you. You know, we only have so much time uh, to create. And so I think it's, it's important, especially if you're still working full time or, you know, dealing with family or, or whatever it is that might be, you know, pulling you in a thousand different directions Um, focus on the thing that you feel good at, that gives you joy. And as you accomplish something every day, um, helps you, you know, when you look back, you can see how all those little pieces added up to something, um, something great uh, added up to a whole. Um, so that's how I, how I deal with feeling overwhelmed. Um, you know. I'm not going to lie. I try and, you know, don't deal with feeling overwhelmed with things like alcohol or other things like that. Um, I find they for me, they kind of turn into obstacles. Um, ultimately, especially if I wake up with a hangover and can't write the next day, um, that's certainly not good, uh, for me and my work. So <laughs> I try to stay away from things like that. Um, I'm not always successful, but those are some things that have worked for me over time. You know, break it into little pieces, put it on a timeline, um, be realistic about the timeline, and ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help because people want to help you. Um, I want to help you. Email me if you got questions and I'll, I'll do the best I can. But there is someone in your life who believes in your dream and wants to help you uh, see it through, and will feel good because they helped you see it through. You know, in a way, you're helping them by asking them because you're giving them a chance to uh, to assist you to feel joy in assisting you, um, and that's that's a pretty awesome thing. You don't always get to do that in your life. Okay, so my goals for next week um, coming up on the holiday break. So like I said, I'm, I'm hoping to get some writing done. We'll see what happens. Uh, and then I think probably next weekend, I'm going to try and do another Facebook live reading event. Um, the one that I did previously, I read the first chapter of Vesta burning. That was, um, it was a lot of fun. I think the people enjoyed it on Facebook and it gave me something to put, um, in the pipeline with a podcast. I think I'd like to do something longer. Um, this next time I might actually do the first section of Lissa's dream, which I think was about 50 pages. So we'll see how that, how that might work out. Um, but Facebook live is, is pretty easy. Uh, you just, you turn off the commenting so people can't, um, well, no, I take that back. You can't turn off the commenting. You can do that on, on YouTube, but not Facebook. So it was a little bit, um, distracting to see comments appear as I was reading, but I just ignored them. (laughs) So I guess... I was pretty lucky that Facebook didn't glitch on me like YouTube did. That'll be something I'll have to watch for next time. Um, Yeah, and other than that, I just hope to enjoy um, time with family. And um, my daughter is sitting up now and blowing raspberries and uh, actually being very talkative, or what seems like talkative, for a seven-month-old. So (laughs) that's pretty fun. We're looking forward to her um, her first Christmas. And... My son um, got him, like, a boatload of D&D books that were on sale, so I'm pretty excited about that. And also a pretty cool board game that we've been looking at for a while, so we might get some, uh, some playing in. Um, okay, until next week, uh, I wish you happy writing, and uh, shoot me an email if you got any questions. I will see you next week. Bye.